0: And friends, of course I go by the name of the Kid Famous. You and I are tuned into to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Okay, Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three,
1: two, one. Let's go. Game one of the World Series is on its way on the sports deck. Family of Channels. Game two of the Raptors Sixers back-to-back series is on its way on the Sportsnet. Family of Channels at 90 minutes of the very best entertainment. Jesse Rubenoff and I can muster on its way for this Friday, October 28th edition of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360. I'm Tim. That's Jesse. We've Hello. got you until 6:30 Eastern, 3:30 Pacific. I will tell you why you don't want the Phillies winning the World Series. I will tell you how Pascal Siakam is not only turning the head of Kenny the Jet Smith, but the rest of the NBA world and how Tom Brady might be done. But I won't do it alone. A little Fridays with Nate returns as the always thoughtful Nate Burleson weighs in on Brady and the Bucks, And whether pro athletes will let Tom deal with his divorce or will demand his undivided attention on a team in turmoil. We'll get into that with one of the more thoughtful dudes in the business, in Nate Burleson. Dan Schulman will also join the fray from Houston as Aaron Nolan. and Justin Verlander prepare for game number one of the World Series. Two outstanding oh, yeah. stories at manager, two outstanding starting pitching, and two teams on two completely different paths meet in the 118th edition of the fall classic this should be fun and I haven't even mentioned six Canadian teams in action last night including the Leafs who lost to another bad team or the fact for the first time this year the Arizona Coyotes are playing <laughs> at mullet arena and celebrating with actual mullets or reasonable facsimiles thereof that's right Lean into Jets it. in town tonight And 5,000 or less mullets will be on hand (laughs) as they're giving that away to everyone who walks through the door. The Coyotes play at, air quotations, home. One of four home dates in their first 24 games, Jesse. What the hell are we doing? That was to, to give them time to construct the dressing room. That is, <laughs> you are correct. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, Sean Reynolds will stop by live to tee it up for us. Sounds like more fun. So let's get to it, Jesse. First things first. Top stories of the day, and let's not miss yo, Kelly Kissio.
2: Wow, he had some really good years, Kelly Kissio. I think. <laughs> Not that I'm a well, it's an NHL '94 kind
1: of guy. I mean, listen, with the Calgary uh, Wranglers, he played in the WHL and put up some sick numbers. Yeah. But he is most well known, in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong on this, for being the best player on the San Jose Sharks
2: expansion team on NHL '94 EA Sports. That, yeah, it was always <laughs> fun playing with expansion teams in video oh, games. Oh, you got the yeah. new colors and the, the oh yeah. Let's do it up, Kelly Kissio. I said, "Let's go." Yeah, I did the, the Predators. I remember that one. You, you get to draft your own team, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Expansion drafts are fun.
1: He yeah, I played for Calgary and Red Deer in the WHL, and I was I was racking my brain to remember what Calgary was called back then because obviously it wasn't the Hitmen. Wranglers. Is it? Was it the Wranglers? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Are you sure of that?
2: Yeah. Because I said it. Are you going
1: with me, or
2: do you? No, agree? no, I'm like 99% okay. sure. You want to hockey-DB it up? Yeah, really quickly. Let me just get into the Raptors, and then while you're it. I can hockey-DB gonna... it yeah, up. Okay. All right, let's do uh, it. Let's go to the Toronto Raptors, who will look to make it back-to-back wins in Toronto against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. And we will have that game for you on Sportsnet 1, beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. The Raps looking for a mini-sweep of Philly as Timmy gives a fist pump after beating them by 10 on Wednesday. We think right. the Toronto nightlife. will right. have the Raps pick up another win tonight as we celebrate our small victories. Yeah, Red right, Deer
1: wrestlers and the Calgary yeah, Wranglers yeah. of the those. late 1970s in the WHL. Listen, don't give me this like uh, late night Toronto nightlife. Don't blame that impressive domination on Marble or Saluna. <laughs> Wonderful places to go if you're heading out. Uh, the Raptors might be on the verge of figuring things out. And I know Back to back might be tough against the Philadelphia Seconders, though I will say this, Toronto Raptors are 12 and 4 in these little back-to-backs over the last couple seasons, two and whatever we've played this. Joel Embiid questionable tonight, so Raptors might be able to pull it off. But that 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 might not matter to what we're talking about. As we heard Kenny Smith say yesterday, the Raptors are deep, mm-hmm. and this is good depth. Like Scotty, Fred, Trent, OG, and Pascal. Pascal, like, remember when Raptor fans were done with Pascal Siakam? I know it's early, but Jesse pointed this out to me earlier today. Pascal is fourth on the NBA.com MVP Power Rankings. The Kia MVP Ladder. Top five performances to start the season. And there is, cha-boy, Pascal Siakam fourth on the list. And before you jump all over this, I know it's only five or six games in for most of these guys, but this is the kind of start that could really build some momentum for this team. Kenny said on this show yesterday, Kenny the Jet Smith inside the NBA. You're always looking for the cosine from south of the border on how good this team. Kenny the Jet Smith is as good a cosine as there is in the NBA. Maybe top three in the East is what Kenny said. I wouldn't have said that early, but if they get shooting and eventually add Otto Porter, I don't think that's as big of a reach as I did Mm -hmm.
2: as I thought just five games ago. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I, I noticed watching the game against Philly the other night. I know they lost to them in the playoffs, obviously, but they presented kind of a bad matchup for Philly, I thought, because Philly plays really slowly. And then the Raptors are the opposite. They're fast. They got guys that never run. To, Pascal never stops running. Scottie never stops running. Precious never stops running. And here the, here the Sixers are. Embiid's slow. Tobias Harris is kind of slow. Harden kind of plods along. So it's kind of an interesting matchup to watch for the Raptors.
1: Oh, and without I, a doubt. And, and I think, listen, you, you pointed this out to me. They play, I mean, comparing them to Philly is like comparing them to watching paint dry. because. Yeah. Philadelphia is playing the slowest pace of anyone, and now we're hearing that Embiid's got some knee recovery to go along with the plantar fasciitis. Maybe that provides an excuse for why he wasn't contesting shots. But if the Raptors are able to pull this off, yeah. go back-to-back back against the Sixers, this tough start that we all saw, you, you might... Listen, Shea alexander was unbelievable again last night. Always is. He, he Always is now. He is now averaging almost 30 points a game. And I was thinking... Well, that's the next step for the Raptors. If they could get Shea, I don't know if they need that anymore. Mm-hmm. They need shooting. And Otto Porter Jr. can help, and he's out a little bit longer. But this is going to be very interesting to watch to see how quickly the Raptors get to where they want to be.
2: Because it will determine a lot, as we've talked about many times. No question. All right, Matt and Alvin coming up a little bit later in the show. We continue here on First Things First with the top stories of the day. A busy night in the NHL on Thursday with six Canadian teams in action. The Vancouver Canucks gave up a couple of leads, but picked up their first win of the season in Seattle. The Leafs, meanwhile, made it to overtime with the Sharks, but lost. The Oilers won an entertaining one in Chicago. The Jets scored two goals in every period in their win over the Kings or the Habs won in Buffalo and nice Ottawa win. lost at home Tough to loss. the wild. Yeah. Uh, let's begin with the Canucks. Big relief for Vancouver I would assume Timmy. Big
1: relief for the Canucks I'm not so sure about their fans. Like I think their fans are still waiting for either a ridiculous run or a plan for management. Like it's one or two. One of the two for fans of the team. They want a ridiculous run or they want a plan. But let me put it this way for my homeboys and girls in the lower mainland. If you don't get that win last night, we don't get one of the greatest post game speeches ever. Bruce, there it is, is right.
2: We haven't had a chance to give this belt away here. And I, well, I could give it to, I started off giving it to 20 guys because you worked your ass up. And, but the reason I'm in, just, I want to give it right now to, to Bo for one reason. He won 20 face-offs, every sport faceoff. face He was there, the
3: penalty killing was amazing, and he's our captain, he led the way today. Let's <laughs> go, Bo right.
4: oh <laughs> <laughs> Took a lot longer than we, we wanted, but Game Puck, Bruce, Woo. What was it? 400? 600 (laughs) wins. (laughs) 600 wins.
1: I don't know if that fixes everything, but it fixes a little bit. And yeah. to be fair to Bruce, second fastest ever to 600 wins in the National Hockey League, trailing only Scotty Bowman. Like, that's something, right? Yeah, that was vintage, uh, like HBO. Oh, yeah. Bruce Boudreaux there. Old school uh, barbecue sauce. Yeah. Exactly. the Bruce Boudreaux, by the way, that was not barbecue sauce. He called into Tim and Sid back in the day <laughs> to tell us that that was eczema and not barbecue sauce on his face. Yeah.
2: I mean, it felt like to me like he was he was trying to capture... Whatever they had going on last night to finally get a win, and then try and parlay it. Yeah, and it was kind
1: of ugly too, and it was kind of messy too, and their defense wasn't very good again. Mm -hmm. But they weren't done with the win. Some rumors around Ethan Bear over the last couple days, and there was fire where the smoke was. Jesse Bear dealt to Vancouver with Lane Peterson for a fifth round pick that won't solve it on the back end, but that may help it. On the back no, end right. a little bit so the Vancouver Canucks do make a deal I mean the Toronto Maple Leafs were in on that or at least if you listen to the rumors we're in on that Ethan Baer deal from Carolina Vancouver goes and gets them, both of them could use something on the
2: why, back. Why would the Leafs – be? is it maybe because they're struggling defensively a little bit? Uh, fresh off a listless game in Vegas, the Leafs lose to the Sharks in San Jose. Uh, what are we to make of these Toronto Maple Leafs at this current point in
1: time? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw all the tweets, as you did, mm-hmm. about them playing down to their competition. I get their four losses, came against teams that missed the playoffs last year. Uh, and I've been yelling that this team's inconsistency – when it doesn't really matter, bleeds into their inconsistency when it really matters. But did I hear Austin Matthews start to address that last night? And I know that you're struggling with the cough that is left over from the COVID, and I appreciate you powering through. But if you can stop coughing for one second and listen to <laughs> Austin Matthews, and whether or not he may have started to address
2: that issue here. I just don't think we've really put together a full like 60-minute game. So um, I think that um, you know consistency within the game and um, you know momentum shifts and stuff uh, are kind of hurting us right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obvious. Like it's it's about time they start addressing it and talking about it because they stink right now.
1: They stink right now. Okay. I get there's consternation and there's Barry Trotz talk Mm -hmm. and Steve Dangle wants to talk to the general manager, which I thought was a good tweet last night. Not the manager, but the general manager. Uh, I have a question for they stink right now and Leaf fans who say the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So I'll pose it to you, Jesse, but I'm posing it to Leaf fans. Is their defense good right now?
2: No, No question it's not.
1: Are they not playing... An AHL goalie and an average AHL goalie at best? Mm-hmm. Like, I can give you Eric Schalgren's numbers from the AHL. Mm-hmm. They're not good in the AHL. What the
2: hell did you expect? You don't think he was the problem last night. Like, the, the, the issue watching this team is that they do not play for 60 minutes. They have scored the first goal in two of their first eight games of the year. And it feels like it's the same old story where they think they can rely on their talent and they wait until the final 10 minutes of the game and oftentimes it's too little too late. Okay, but this one was a little bit different. Was it not when they get uh, two penalties,
1: go down two men, and the Sharks score two goals on that two-man advantage?
2: Yes, yes, but it's not like they were dominating the Sharks in any way, shape, or form. And this is a team where coming off the loss in Vegas, you expect the response and Right off well, what the What about hop. their history
1: would tell you that they are going to provide a response? No,
2: I I I know. And that's what
1: like I feel like I have I have post concussion syndrome. It's the same thing. By banging my it's, head yeah. against the wall and saying the same thing. Here's here my bigger question. When they get healthy, how much better is the defense and the goaltending? Cause this is this is where Leaf fans are. I feel like they think that they've got the same team that they've had for the last couple of years, and I don't think that's the case. I think their defense is weaker than it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. I hope Jake Muzzin comes back quickly. I didn't like the way Mitch Marner was talking about Jake Muzzin's injury when it first happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that this team just isn't constructed all that well. Will their talent be able to drag them out of it? Maybe. Probably. But but that's the wrong way to go about it. Now, I've seen teams Mm -hmm. that have one line win. Right? Like, we have seen it in the National Hockey League before. You need to play really good defense for that to transpire. For the Boston Bruins to take that wonderful top line and go to a cup, they had a goalie and they had a really good defense core. Yeah. The Leafs have neither. Maybe Samsonoff? M- maybe? I don't know. But banking on that is banking on a lot. I just think that Leaf fans right now are kind of, sort of, delusional. And yeah. they're in a tough division. And they better get their act together and start playing 60 minutes. Or they're going to be on the outside looking in. And all this, all the media gets too much. And the head coach is coming down it That head coach will be gone. Mm-hmm. There'll be someone else in. And I guarantee you there'll be accountability. Because it's you've already had a couple of head coaches here. And this was supposed to be the guy. So I, I just don't know what Leaf fans expect from this team. To beat San Jose, yes. But you're playing... An AHL
2: goaltender and a not good defense core. Yeah, uh, there are significant roster flaws for sure. And you can feel the desperation from Sheldon Keefe. It it, it started at the beginning of the year. We started calling out his players. Uh, Okay, and after what felt like a month uh, off, the World Series begins tonight, Timmy. The Phillies and Astros set for Game 1 in Houston tonight. We'll get you ready for first pitch throughout the show. Then it's MLB Central at seven o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific. You can watch the game on Sportsnet and stream it on Sportsnet now. It's Philly's first World Series since 2009 and the Astros' first since last season. What's the best outcome <laughs> for the neutral sports fan here? The neutral sports fan?
1: What are we looking for? You still can't talk, okay. eh? Are you I'm ha- okay? I'm having a difficult day today. You, you are having a difficult yeah. day today. Can, can I get you something? No, no I'm, I'm okay. Do you need any hauls
2: with I, I, I have, I have it all. Do you need any certs with Retson? It's just time, unfortunately. Just, you just hurt. need time? It's, yeah. Some love
1: and maybe some rest. I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that this is happening. No, you don't be I feel, sorry. I feel bad. This is, like, this is like Tom Brady. This is real life, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets in the way of our production, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Um, what were you asking me again? I'm oh, the Neutral Phillies fan. And yeah. They, uh, I think the Phillies crowd will be something to watch. I think Dusty Baker getting his first World Series after so many. I mean, he would be the oldest man to ever win a World Series, and it would be his first after being there year after year after year. Uh, I would suggest to you, though, that we want the Houston Astros to win, and that's because uh, one of the associate producers on the show, Neil Mattias, pointed out to me through (laughs) Forbes that if the Phillies win, we're getting a recession. Like, what the hell is this? Philadelphia's last four World Series wins, first two won by the Athletics when they played in the city and later won by the Phillies, coincided with the recessions. The Athletics in 29 and 30 came in the early stages of the Great Depression, while the Phillies' 1980 win came amid the energy crisis-fueled
2: downturn. And a
1: 2008 title hit during the worst of the Great
2: Recession. Yeah. I wonder if anybody who wrote in with their answer online would change their answer after hearing what they just heard. (laughs) Uh, We asked, who are you rooting for to win the World Series and why? Barry writes in and says, rooting for Philadelphia because it seems like a cool sports city. My love of Rocky movies. And the manager is from Canada, Colin Houston. Would like to see Dusty Baker finally get a ring as a manager. Meesh as a Canadian, I feel I must cheer for the Phillies and Rob Thompson, though my cold, dark, yet sentimental heart also wants this for Dusty Baker. Mostly just want to watch some amazing baseball for a couple more days this year. And Brad says the Phillies are my choice because I like cheesesteaks. So there you have it. You're powering through, Jesse. I'm, a, I'm appreciative
1: <coughs> of that. I can hear it in the voice. All right, let's, let's get to the CFL. Let's go
2: to the CFL, uh, where it's the first time since 1996 that games in the final week of the regular season will have no impact on the playoff picture, yikes. The one player who could have an impact on things going forward is BC Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke, who makes his return tonight against the Blue Bombers. He'll be taking snaps for the first team for the first time since having surgery on his right foot. Lions head coach Rick Campbell says Rourke will start and play about a quarter. How big is his return?
1: Oh, it means nothing in in terms of this week. Um, the Lions will still host the Stamps in the West semifinals, as you mentioned. Nothing on the line, but his return is still big, like really big. They were eight and one with him. I'm not sure he can get back to it in one week before the start of the playoffs. Maybe more specifically, one quarter before the start of the playoffs. But if he can, listen, like I'm not sure most folks understand just how crazy the numbers were. He was on pace to set the all-time TD. Pass record set by Doug Flutie in 1994. He was coming pretty damn close to passing the all time yards mark, also set by Flutie back in 91. And he's doing it in his first year as a starter at the age of 24. He was 775 yards clear of second in passing through nine games. He was seven touchdown passes clear of second, and his 79.2 completion rate was almost 10 points better than anyone else when he got hurt. And that record, the completion percentage record, was set by Ricky Ray in 2013. And I still think he can get that record because of how many passes he's thrown. Listen, this was a season for the ages. And I hope he can finish it the way he started it. But something tells me that might be a little bit too much to ask, even of a guy that was doing what he was, was doing. such a good story. I just hope that he shows flashes enough that all those NFL scouts that were salivating
2: say, maybe we need to bring this kid in for a real look. Would they still look at it, um, even though he suffered the kind of injury that he suffered? Like, as long as he proves that he's healthy, he should still technically get the same look, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those scouts and GMs look at it the way we do, which is the difference between good and great is consistency. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they would have liked to have seen it over the entire year. But, I mean, there are other guys, like Bo Levi Mitchell, just saying enjoy it while you can.
2: Uh, All right, NFL Thursday nighter felt like... uh, Another underwhelming and underperforming game from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They lost to the Ravens 27 22. But Brady's got a lot going on in his life right now, announcing this morning on Instagram that he and Giselle have filed for divorce. Should fans and the media take a step back on criticizing Tom? Uh, They do whatever they want, especially the fans. The fans actually pay their money to watch the games,
1: they can ask for whatever they want. The media. Listen, I'm not wanting to control the media. But I will say this. Like, I wasn't one to bring up the marital stuff because I wasn't going to take the National Enquirer's word or Us Magazine, no offense to either, but I'm a sports dude. However, with Brady confirming the divorce, it is once again proven that real life can actually hit athletes too. Like, even if a lot of fans don't want to think it's possible or leave room for the possibility that their heroes are human just like us, like, Nate Burleson's going to, Join us in a flash and we're going to talk about this, but I would like to think that we've all come to understand over the last couple of years, just how much real life can affect your output at work. I have no idea how much this would affect the goat in the game of football. I just wonder what the appetite for a little leeway is in a football walker room for a guy that has struggled and to be fair has taken it out on some other players in that lineup along that sideline mm-hmm. we'll check that out Nate Burleson is going to join us in a flash still to come Dan Shulman will join us live from Houston as he gets set to call game one of the World Series Sean Reynolds live from Mullet Arena as the Jets host the Coyotes in the first Are game doing that? at Mullet Arena but up next more on Tom Brady with my man Nate Burleson it's Tim and friends and it's Friday the Canucks have done it, it took them eight games but they finally put one away, and the
4: Canucks celebrate their first win of the year. Yeah. Took a lot longer than we, we wanted, but game puck, Bruce. It was it? 400, 600 wins. <laughs> 600 wins.
5: Everybody's pointing the finger at Tom Brady. Just uninspired, flat, not on the same page. Uncharacteristic airs
3: out of him that we never, ever, ever see, and I don't know what's happening.
4: You know, I think we've struggled pretty much at everything. And the
5: Philadelphia Phillies are going
1: to the World Series! The Astros are going back to the World Series! I've been saying the Astros uh, are better than everybody else. However, this is baseball. A full house beats a pair of aces. The pair of aces in this case being Zach
6: Miller and Arenola, and the full house being the Ashes.
5: Everybody's pointing the finger at Tom Brady. They've lost four of their last five games. Everything that's happened up to this
1: point, forget about it. We can turn this thing around. And if anybody can do it, it's the GOAT. They need two.
5: And that's under thrown. Just uninspired. Flat. Not on the same page. Duvernay takes it. Into the end zone he goes. Great execution in this second half by this Baltimore Ravens offense. It is fun to watch. Flushed out. Brady. Has it batted and incomplete? They got away with one here. You can see how frustrated he is about it. The problem is they're self-destructive. This is too talented of an offense to execute and look the way they are. Tom Brady, three-game losing streak first in two decades. They were humiliated and embarrassed.
3: Uncharacteristic errors out of him that we never, ever, ever see. And I
4: don't know what's happening. You know, I think we've filled pretty much of everything. We've filled right areas, for it low right ground, right one game.
2: Two point plays. Backed
1: up. It has been an eventful 24 hours for Tom Brady. It's been an eventful eight weeks for Tom. Hell, it's been an eventful 45 years for the GOAT. But over those last 24 hours, not only is he two games below 500 for the first time in his career, but he also announced his divorce from Giselle on Instagram earlier today. Now as I said, earlier we often treat athletes like superhumans but real life affects us all way more often than many of us let on and football players are not immune to this as we bring Nate Burleson in for a little Fridays with Nate welcome back Nate dog how you doing man I'm good what's up baby how you doing my brother I am doing very well very well and I'm not I'm not trying to get into the nitty gritty of a divorce Uh, Tom Brady asked for privacy and I'm gonna give it to him but To me the real life aspect of football or any business as competitive as the NFL is is very curious to me. You've lived that life. How hard can something like this be in that locker room.
0: It can be extremely difficult. Um, It's the elephant in the room. You know and and I'm, I'm with you. Listen I I don't take the personal approach when we're talking sports. You know we try to separate the two X's and O's from What's going on off the field, off the court? Um, And you're right. We do look at athletes as superhumans, but we also look at their personal lives like our own personal soap operas. So I, I would just encourage, you know, those out there in the media space and some of the novice individuals in this media space that are looking for their next hot take to just dial it back on talking about someone's marriage when they don't know the details because I've looked at it like this and this is a side note I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent but I have to get this out good. it's like playing around in a wheelchair when you're a kid or walking around with somebody's crutches in your in your healthy and your mom or dad says hey hey hey, hey don't don't mock somebody that's injured because that can right. soon be so I feel like it's the same way when it comes to somebody's relationship now getting back to the question yeah if somebody's dealing with something off the field and then you come into the locker room and everybody knows about it. Even if you say to your teammates, give me privacy, it's hard not to do because this is your family. Now, you might be going on, going, going on. There might be something going on with your family at home, but your family away from home is just as concerned. Um, but when you look at Tom, I mean, I had a take this morning that Tom should have retired. And, you know, there was a little bit of a gasp in the room. Listen, I spent 20 years telling everybody he's the greatest, agreeing with everybody else, saying he's the best ever, saying that Tom Brady should be up there with with you know Michael Jordan and, and Ali, and he is going to be remembered forever because he's a living legend. But we can be realistic and say this season isn't it and, th- and that he should have walked away and that, that he had the greatest walk off in sports history in the palm of his hands going to Tampa, bringing a team from obscurity at the time, winning a Super Bowl, and then walking away after that, like that was it. It doesn't get any better. But he decided to come back. And not only are they out of rhythm, not only do they seem like they're gas collectively just as far as their hustle and their grit and their enthusiasm to chase a Lombardi, but he looks a little old. And it's okay when you tell somebody that a dude in his mid-40s looks a little old. <laughs> He, he, listen, Tom Brady has never been a threat to run. He's never been athletic, but, you know, the the, the sixth sense, that, that spidey sense that he had to be able to slide up in the pocket to be able to feel a dude coming by, by, by his shoulder and then slip up and then hit a receiver. Be able to go through his progressions, slide out the pocket, slide back in, and then make a move, and then deliver the ball downfield to a receiver running a secondary route. It seems like even that, that has gotten a little bit, like, yeah. it, just, it, it just got a little bit slower. So, um. This looks like the end of the road. And here's the thing. It's not like he's playing garbage. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Is he the best? No. He spent 20 years being it. So it doesn't matter if he is or not right now. But I, I, as an athlete and as a fan, it's okay for me to say, I loved Michael Jordan with the Bulls. Right. With the Wizards, that just wasn't my thing.
1: But you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And I've had this long-running theory that I, in the business where – The thing that makes the great the greatest is also the very thing that makes the greatest hang on. Whether it's Muhammad Ali, whether it's Jordan with the Wiz, man, I was a Jerry Rice guy and that work ethic, those stories of him running in the sand uphill while these kids couldn't keep up, also left me with Jerry Rice with Tim McAuliffe cornrows that started in the middle of his head, okay? Yeah.
0: it made you feel some type of way when he was with the Broncos and the right, Seahawks. Right. Because your mind could not let go of him in that Niners jersey.
1: Correct. And, and, and at the very top of the game. So do you think mentally even with all the stuff that Tom's been through right now because I'm with you like if Tom walked away right now it wouldn't change my opinion that he's the GOAT. He's still the right. GOAT. And right. so is there any chance that you could see. Tom Brady walking away
0: I believe so yeah I believe Tom is seeing where the league is going and by that I don't think Tom will ever concede and say oh these other guys are better than me that's not that's not Tom but I I do feel like Tom is realizing what I've been told my entire life as an athlete as you get older your competitors get younger and faster and hungrier you gotta imagine the dudes that he's playing against are fresh out of college They are the fastest, most athletic football players that the league has seen. And that's happening year after year after year. Not to mention, these dudes are hungry. They are starving because they're not only are their ribs touching financially, but they are hungry to go out there and make a name for themselves. So as Tom continues to age, just like the rest of the league, his competition, those defenders, those D linemen, linebackers, safeties and corners, those dudes are young, fast and fiery. So I I don't believe Tom is looking at this year after... All of he, all that he has accomplished, mm-hmm. getting hit, not to mention. Here's another number we heard the other night. He now leads the NFL in sacks, sacks yeah. NFL history. Now, of course, he played forever. That's bound to happen. <laughs> but what what does that say though? Right. Over the course of 20 years, Tom has been sacked more than anybody. It also means he's a little banged up. He's tough. He's immortal. But I know he has to be a little sore in the morning. I just say, Tom, bro, you gave us everything that you could. We loved you for that. Thank you so much. Go ahead and take that 300 million dollars that uh, Fox is giving you to sit up in the, <laughs> the booth and create some content, launch a production company, make some movies, do some acting. Bro, we're waiting for you. Come on to the other side, man. It's just like a deal. hello from the other side.
1: <laughs> All right, so one more follow-up on this, and then we'll move on. And, like, there were times when Amazon gave us the 337th close-up of Brady's reaction where he just looked lost and I was talking about all of the teams that have had turnover or injuries on their offensive line last year and this year Bucks struggling Justin Herbert superstar on the rise his O line decimated and he looks average Matthew Stafford turnover on that offensive line, looks right. Is there any chance that Tom could figure this out in that weak division or is that part of the equation that makes you think maybe even now is the time to walk away.
0: Yeah I, I don't think that they're going to have this miracle of a comeback. Right. I mean you know we've talked about this over the last few years. In the beginning of the season, you're figuring out who you are, especially nowadays when teams don't play many of the starters in the preseason. But towards the middle of the year, you are who you are becoming. Like this this is this is their identity. Um and yeah, can they improve, of course? And they may clip off some of the things that I've said over the last couple of weeks and say, you know what, they got us, they got us counted out, but but we're gonna we're gonna make there's all of these reasons, injuries, Tom Brady being a little bit older, them not having a rhythm. Oh, and not to mention one thing we're not talking, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians the coach he decided to walk away so maybe he even saw like why would a guy after winning the Super Bowl decide to walk away and go up in the booth I know he said he had a lot of things that he was dealing with too with this health but maybe he saw the writing on the wall.
1: You know what scares me Nate is that we could end up with eight and nine Tom Brady limping into the playoffs and getting like Kirk Cousins in the second round or getting Jimmy G and and make it and just. Finding some way to make it all work because he's done it a million times before, but I may be with you. I I think the initial take that you had this morning, I would have no worries if he just walked away. All right. I I mentioned figuring it out. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have lost three in a row to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commander. And my guy said going to Buffalo might be the best thing for his team. Do you believe that?
0: Have you you ever – have you ever had medicine when you were younger and your mom like, it's not that bad. And he's taking it and you just like, ah, that is disgusting. Like, you know, I feel like Aaron Rodgers was telling us, hey, this is the medicine we need to get, or get ourselves back on track. And I'm like, bro, I don't think this is that type of medicine. It's not going to take what you think it's going to taste like. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see it. Um, this is a Packers team that in their losses have given up close to 27 points. And they're going up against a team that puts up 440 total yards a game. That's number one in the league on the air and in the ground. The the only way that I could see the Packers beating the Bills is if if they put Josh Allen in a bind, force him to turn the ball over, and two guys have a terrible game, Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. And that's too many things that have not has not happened for the Buffalo Bills in one game so um, the Buffalo Bills are rolling they look as good as anybody and this is going to be uphill battle for the Green Bay Packers
1: earlier this week uh, Aaron Rodgers was grilled by reporters for his public criticism of teammates and Rodgers said people in this society have a hard time hearing the truth and well I tend to agree Nate great ability accountability for professional football players, especially young ones. Is there not a time and a place aspect here of when you call out your teammates?
0: Aaron Rodgers has been that guy that has talked to the media, but in reality, he was talking to his team. Mm -hmm. He's done um, throughout his career. And that was one of the things that I was impressed um, about him because, you know, he he does it in such a subtle way that if I was a receiver, I would pick up on it. And then I would tighten up. I'd go out there, have one hell of a week of practice, and then try to earn his trust um, during the game, which essentially would make everybody step their game up, right? It's like the Michael Jordan effect. But there is a time and place. um, Because, you know, when you start calling out your teammates and you as a quarterback haven't been perfect, then all of a sudden it looks like you're pointing the finger, but you're not realizing you have three pointing back at you. You know, we as fans, sometimes we just want you to be straight up. You know, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to beat around the bush because you're saying, well, you know, people in society have a hard time accepting truth. Why don't you just get up there and say, hey, listen, as a team, we got to play better. I'll raise my hand first. I'll do my job as the quarterback of this team and the leader of this team to have a meeting with my guys. I don't need to tell you what we're talking about, but we're going to have a team only. No coaches, heart-to-heart coming to Jesus moment. Don't do all this slick talk and drop these these subliminals in front of the media because if there is a teammate or teammates that might hear that or read that that aren't feeling that then what happens to that relationship it's fractured and sometimes it can't be recovered as we're seeing we see that we see that with some of aaron's old teammates we see that actually with richard sherman and and russell wilson some teammates that we thought were super cool all of a sudden, we're finding out years later, they never got along. And that's because of moments like this where stuff has been said or done and they just never recovered.
1: Right. We'll see if they recover. Uh, that's a tough three weeks for the Packers. They're going to have to figure things out just like the Bucks You're going to have to figure things out. Listen, last week when I let you go, I was listing off all the shows that Nate Burleson does from CBS Mornings to the NFL on CBS, the Nickelodeon Slime Time, Good Morning Football, but you ain't the only Mr. Worldwide. I want to play you a clip from Amazon's post-game show with Lamar Jackson, and look who else is Worldwide, Nate Burleson.
3: So Lamar, last la- last time uh, Tom Brady lost three games in a row, you were five years old. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> look at look at this. That's you at five years old, right? That's crazy. Hey, a little Timmy friends.
0: Whoa. <laughs> hold up, wait a minute, hold up, wait a
1: minute.
0: Huh? Around the world, go. I, mean, I about, about time they start giving you respect you deserve around the globe. Tell man. the man them. Hey, I cut the hey Bezos, cut the check. Bezos already, already stole your drip. I mean, you was the sexiest ball head until he came along. And,
1: me? <laughs> uh, Nate, uh, we couldn't do it with that yet. Thank you for helping me separate my shoulder, patting ourselves in the back. Brother, love you, man. Dude, Nate Burleson, uh, Fridays with Nate, and Mike Torquia, who came up with that Brilliant. tweet that ended up on the Amazon broadcast. Uh, we'll give our picks against the spread and against bets Next, right here on one of the World Series too. We're a little over halfway there and we are living on the prayer. Sean Reynolds will join us from Phoenix, Arizona or somewhere, I guess it's Tempe now, where they're playing at Mullet Arena Can't for the first track. time. The Jets and Coyotes. We introduced the Mullet Era to the NHL with Sean Reynolds a little later on. And also, I don't know if you know this, but there is... Game number one of the World Series coming your way tonight on Sportsnet. Dan Shulman will join us from Houston. Astros, Phillies, game number one coming up. But as mentioned before the break, it is time now for our picks against the spread. Jesse Rubinoff, I and Kevin Mickey struggling a wee bit. Six and eight against the spread through seven weeks of action. We will begin week number eight with a pair of picks. One from me, one from Jesse, all started off. And uh, this is an interesting one, Jesse. I'm taking Tennessee mm-hmm. minus two and a half in Houston. And I know there are those out there saying, hey, Tim, Ryan Tannehill is questionable. I know. <laughs> They've won four in a row. The last three, here are Tannehill's totals 137 passing yards, 181 passing yards, 132 passing yards. So if it's the man out of Liberty, Malik Willis, so be it. Give me Liberty or give me, well, a win. That's all I want. I'm not going to say death. Uh, Titans minus two and a half at Houston.
2: Yeah, it feels like it's a Derrick Henry, another 30-carry game. Should be enough for him.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if they unleash Willis in a game like this.
2: Mm-hmm. If he does, in fact, play. Um, you can be honest, too. Like You are carrying us a little bit to start the a year.
1: smidge, but I, as, I, as I learned last year... It's not how you start; it's how you finish. Because right. I was red hot out of the right. gate last year, and then got <laughs> ice cold. So I will not, I will not pad these one game over five hundred stats. Well, there's
2: this, there's this big narrative out there that the reason Kyler Murray isn't playing well is because of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And, and I do have to point out that Neil Mattias did tell me that Call of Duty is released this weekend, so there is a chance that Kyler spends too much time playing Call of Duty and not enough time watching film and getting ready for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But all that being said. I really enjoyed what I saw from Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins last week, having yep. him back, security blanket. We've talked about that a lot, the dynamic between quarterbacks and their top receiver. There's a lot of trust there. And I think the Vikings, despite their very good record five and one, mm-hmm. I think they're a little bit a little bit fraudulent. And I don't think that Kirk Cousins, I know Kyle Brandt had him as his MVP pick, but I don't think he's him at the moment. Right. And uh, I think they could fall a little bit
1: uh sn bets is uh calling their sunday a bing bong sunday and i love <laughs> it they've good. got the new york teams giants plus three at seattle jets plus two and a half home to new england both new york teams bing bong so we're all tied up six and eight sn bets collective that is the community placing the bets for like them the against jesse and i and by the way jesse I do believe the Ricola is working over there. Yeah. feels like you're kind of settling in a little bit.
2: have it in... uh,
1: I know. In your mouth uh, as we speak. Yeah. I mean, that might be rude for national television, but I'll take it (laughs) given what you struggled through
2: in the first hour of this show. We don't... um, We can't, like, discuss their... their, We're tied, so it's not like we can criticize their bets. Mm -hmm. But the, the Jets one is interesting considering Bryce Hall is no longer going to be a Brees Hall, not Bryce Hall, Brees Hall. But I feel like that is calculated in a a two-and-a-half spread. Do you not? And and they're plus two-and-a-half at home? Yeah, they have a good defense, too. But can Zach Wilson be the guy? Because a lot of the season has been Joe Flacco. Yeah. And Wilson hasn't looked great since he's come back. Yeah, and
1: Hall's been a real home run hitter. Hall's the type of guy that you have to game plan for. I don't know if they have that without him.
2: Yeah. James All Robinson respect. they
1: added during the week. So yeah, Michael see. Carter Jr. is probably going to get more carries, I think. But uh, it'll be real interesting to see. So a Bing Bong Sunday against us. We have the Titans.
2: Jesse has the cards despite the video oh game knows. drama going on this weekend <laughs> which we know a thing or two about when we miss time uh with covid i spent yeah, a lot of yeah, time play
1: playing a little Fortnite. Games. i'm gonna be yeah. honest with you yeah <laughs> i'm getting pretty good at it are too are you really yeah, i am getting pretty good at wow. it i'll be honest with you people still play that well, right? i don't know if i can still play it because now <laughs> i'm back in this all right uh, world series game number one coming your way tonight in houston on sportsnet dan shulman will join us live from minimake park For a preview, will Dusty Baker finally get his ring? Will Justin Verlander's World Series struggles continue? And is anyone outside of Houston rooting for the Astros? Pardon my French, sir, but you're an Astro!
2: Well, the recession thing More to my friends after this.
0: (laughs) and now time for real sports talk with tim McCallum and friends of the show
1: here lies tim's hair what the hell is that 1975 to 2001 <laughs> 2001. Is that, true? That's Is that right. true? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Chief Dogs. Welcome research. back to Tim and Friends. Tim McAuliffe along with Jesse Rubinoff will be here with you for another 30 minutes ahead of Hockey Central on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360 game. One of the World Series between the Phillies and Astros goes tonight in Houston. Coverage on Sportsnet begins MLB Central 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific and we'll check in with Dan Schulman in Minute Maid Park in just a few minutes. There's also a big basketball game on the network tonight. It's contagious. Send a cough over here I heard too. You a couple times. <laughs> it's impressive you battle <laughs> The uh, Raptors host the Sixers for the second time in the last 3 days. You can see it on SportsNet. One starting with Raptors Central, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Raptors beat Philly 119-109 Wednesday. Sixers center Joel Embiid listed as questionable for tonight's game due to a right knee issue. Hmm. All right, to hockey, and after picking up their first win of the season last night, the Canucks will go looking for their first winning streak of the season as they host (laughs) the Penguins tonight. Spencer Martin expected to get the start in net for Vancouver in the second half of these back-to-backs. You can see it on Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet 360, 10 Eastern, 7 in the Lower Mainland. All right, only other Canadian team in action tonight Is the Jets who have uh, the honor of playing the first NHL game at Mullet Arena. By the way, it's named after a family, I'm told. The new home of the Arizona Coyotes. Our own Sean Reynolds is standing by live in Tempe. And Sean, there has been a lot of talk about this 5,000-seat arena, which is the full-time home of the Arizona State Sun Devils and, quite frankly, a lot of ridicule. So, hold on. You're there. Is it much ado about nothing, or is this like a new low for the NHL?
4: Well, here, let me show you and your audience something, and maybe you can decide for yourselves whether you think this is a new low. Hold on. They're going to be handing these out to everyone as they come in the arena. Give me one second here.
1: The heck is Sean Reynolds? Oh, dear God. There we go. <laughs> The Mullet Arena
4: that. Mullet. If this isn't a high, I don't know what is. The last time I had Erica like this, it was late 80s, early 90s version of Sean Reynolds. I don't think there's ever been a better version than that. So for me, it's a high. Uh, but let, let, let's be honest about this situation here. Clearly, this is a spectacle. And to the credit of the NHL and the Arizona Coyotes, they've decided to embrace the spectacle, and then you get to see this. But as you'd said, it's a 5,000-seat arena. This is a developmental league-style arena there's no way to look at this other than it being a step back the coyotes if they had their druthers they would still be in glendale they got booted out of that arena this is an attempt to make the best out of a bad situation and they're doing a good job making the best with stuff like this but no doubt about it this is a bad bad situation
1: Tim McAuliffe and the heartbreak kid so <laughs> <Reynolds. bad. laughs> you look like a professional wrestler <laughs> Do you, like hold on okay so yeah. Yeah. Is, is there maybe an opportunity here like with the intimacy of it I was in Ottawa when the Sens played out of the Civic Center. No bad seats. Everyone's up close. Um, I mean, they'd have to be a smart franchise to exploit something like that. Their history isn't exactly smart franchise-esque. But could this actually work for them?
4: Well I mean depends how you look at it. It, This is a great arena. No doubt about it. It's going to be fun to watch a game here tonight. I'm excited to watch this game here tonight and the fans over the years that they're here and it sounds like they could be for here for four maybe five years. They're going to get like you said a really intimate experience. I I just don't know that when you're reaching that few amount of people that that translates to kind of like shoring up your fan base and I don't think that's ever really been the problem in this area here. There's tons of snowbirds. I know like five different families from Um, you know, my neighbourhood back home in Winnipeg, that head down here. There's plenty of people interested in hockey down here. The problem has been getting to games in Glendale was a nightmare. So now they've got a place that's a little bit closer, easier to get to, but they can't really fill it with very many people. Uh, There's an opportunity to kind of entrench yourself with a certain number of fans, but no doubt about it, if they put an arena in the right spot in this city and that's where they're trying to get to, uh, you'd achieve the same thing anyway. So I don't take a look at this and say it's going to be – a step back for this team in order to take two steps forward. I don't think they need to take a step back at all. That's just the situation they find themselves in.
1: All right, last one for you. Anything from the Jets, players, or coaches. Jesse and I were talking about <laughs> this yesterday. Uh, it's almost oh, right. like an open-air dressing room. Are they worried about like giving out tactics in this dressing room that basically anyone can access if they just step into the back of the arena?
4: Yeah, I don't think so. I know that we weren't allowed to go in and shoot the room. It's This is a temporary situation, so the Jets and three other teams are going to have to face this before they get everything in order and get some permanent dressing rooms done here. Uh, I think what you're going to find here is, you know, I've seen some you know former players on Twitter talking about this, and if you want the real truth serum, they're the ones giving it. <laughs> I think they, you know, if you're a player who played in the league, they think this is a ridiculous situation. I don't think you're going to find a lot of players who, who are playing in the league right now bad mouthing the situation yeah is it ideal it's not even close to ideal is it a little bit unique everyone seems to be a little bit interested in what this is going to be like tonight including the people on the jet side of the hallway so i think everyone's doing a good job of taking this for what it is but right. once again i don't think there's any way to look at this other than it's a bad situation
1: the heartbreak kid sean reynolds in tempe arizona thanks for this bud I wish I could do that. There's Sean Reynolds. to baseball game one. World Series goes tonight in Houston. Justin Verlander will get the call for the Astros against the Phillies. Aaron Nola, of course, you can see it on Sportsnet. Starting at 7 Eastern with a special one-hour edition of MLB Postseason Central. With Jamie Campbell, Joe Siddle, and former Blue Jay Devin Travis. All right, speaking of uh, Blue Jay Central, speaking of the Blue Jays, um... We're going to Minute Maid Field in Houston, and we're going to talk with a, the man who calls many of those Blue Jays games. It is Dan Shulman, who joins us now from Houston. Danny Boy, welcome back to Tim and Friends. How are you? I'm good.
6: Long time no speak. How you doing? It,
1: it has been a while. I'm doing very good, and I also noticed uh, by Dan Shulman's Twitter account that you're um, happy sad and a little heavier because fired up for my 12th and final <laughs> World Series on ESPN radio have loved every minute of this gig. And then you got a massive piece of what looks like delicious cake. Uh, bittersweet Danny.
6: The cake or, or the other part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All of it. <laughs> the cake's long gone. The cake, the cake stood no chance. Um, Sure this has been a fantastic thing I mean I mean one of my favorite things that I've ever done in my career and I'm getting a lot of feedback if I sound silly guys I'm sorry I'm getting a lot of echo coming back at me here but uh, yeah it is a little bit bittersweet but you know the truth of the matter is uh, you know now that we can do our own broadcast on Sportsnet for the playoffs I want to be home I I want to be available for that. Um, You know obviously love everything about doing this job but don't want to do the regular season for the Blue Jays and then not be available for the postseason so the fact that we are lucky that we are the only team uh, in baseball that can do its own postseason broadcast as we do them during the regular season I want to be there that's awesome all right let's
1: get into uh, game one of the World Series and especially for Canadians it seems like a fascinating tale for both managers uh, Rob Thompson and Dusty Baker. Um, Well let's start with the Canadian I I know he kind of downplayed being the first Canadian to manage in a World Series but in our home and native land it's a pretty big deal.
6: It's a very big deal And, and you know Rob Thompson I mean he's a very understated, it's not about me kind of guy. And, and we were just in there for our manager's meetings with Dusty Baker and then Rob Thompson about half an hour ago. And and the broadcasters who will be doing the game on MLB International that you'll see on Sportsnet, Dave Fleming and Dan Plesak were in there with us. So I would, I walked in there and right away, you know, the secret handshake, should I say Sarnia or Corona, where should I say you're from? <laughs> and, and you know, so wrote it down for, for Fleming so he could say, because obviously he's broadcasting to a Canadian audience. And it is a big deal and Rob knows it's a big deal but Rob Thompson is not the kind of guy on the game on the day of game one of the World Series who's going to make anything about himself it's all about the team it's all about the Phillies it's all about the preparation and the winning and the the run that they're on but there will come a time where he'll reflect on all this but he's not going to do it now
1: what about Dusty Baker I mean at 73 years old looking for his first World Series there's a lot of layers to this isn't there.
6: There really are. I mean, 55 years in professional baseball as either a a player or a manager. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't think you should have to go in only as a player or only as a manager. If you've done enough for the sport in general, I think you should go in. And even if they get swept in this series, I think Dusty should go in. He is such an amazing guy to talk to. You go in there for your 15 minutes with him, and you got kind of your list of questions, and you walk out saying, how in the world did we have that conversation? How did the conversation go in that direction? You know, he's got the toothpick in. He's got the wristbands on. He's telling unbelievable stories. And talk to his players about him. He inherited a very difficult situation here because of the cheating scandal and he deflected all of that attention away from the players took whatever needed to be taken upon himself and and here he is they're a great team but he was the perfect man for the job and a lot of people are hoping that he can get his first World Series championship as a manager.
1: Yeah there are a lot of people cheering for him even even people who hate the Astros are still cheering for Dusty Baker. All right so game one starters Aaron Nola versus Justin Verlander. I remembered that Verlander has struggled a little bit in the World Series. Then I got the stat pack, and my eyes almost popped out of my head. Superstat, meaningless number. Justin yeah. Verlander, career in the World Series, seven games started. His record is 0-6 with a 5.68 ERA. Danny, is this a superstat or a meaningless number?
6: It's I think it's a meaningless number. I mean I mean it's a number and I'm going to say it on the air tonight yep. because it needs to be said but I don't think that in any way shape or form means he's going to struggle out there tonight because of that you know guys struggle till they don't Kershaw struggled till he didn't Barry Bonds struggled till he didn't. Um, it, it, it is a surprising number when I was doing my prep on the, on the plane on the way down here yesterday that's the number that jumped off my screen at me and I was like. Is this wrong I had to read the sentence two or three times <laughs> right. to make sure that it made sense. This, uh, this is a first ballot Hall of Famer this is one of the best pitchers it's Kershaw Scherzer Verlander of the last generation uh, but I think he'll go out there and be great tonight he was great in, in in the ALCS against the Yankees this is a better lineup in my opinion now than the Yankees had last week but I, I would say to answer your question uh, I don't think it's relevant to how he's going to do tonight if he doesn't do well here tonight. I don't think it's because he hasn't done well before. I don't think there's any kind of mental block or anything for Justin Verlander.
1: I'm right there with you. David Price struggled till he didn't as well and it ended up being one of the greatest moments in Tim and Sid history because Sid Sixtero had to sing Despacito in Spanish because David Price eventually didn't struggle uh, like he did. I I know you're not one for the the salacious stories but there is kind of this subplot of legitimizing 2017 even if there are only a couple of guys that are still left how much talk around the clubhouses is, is about what was the Astros and what they're attempting to be here
6: zero yeah 2017 does not come up here's my my opinion is there are only I think five players on this team from 2017 yeah. and the pitchers don't count right so there are only three position players from 2017 I believe Altuve Bregman and Guriel. Um, I don't think them winning or losing this changes how what they did in 17 they did what they did they got what they you know they got what they got they've been booed for years ever since they're not doing it now and people who hate the Astros and I totally get it people who hate the Astros are going to hate them whether they win or lose this series uh, they're not going to give them credit if they don't want to whether they win or lose this series but this series is being played presumably on a level playing field between these two teams so as much as they did as as much as what they did was incredibly wrong and stained the game and, and all of that's true to me it doesn't really have any relevance here and, and let's not forget. They were in the World Series last year like this isn't yeah. the first time they've been in the World Series since they got caught right this is their fourth time in six years so I totally get how people feel about them but I don't find it very relevant to this World Series
1: uh, you didn't crush that entire cake by yourself did you I mean that's a big cake
6: I I it was well. I held it close to the camera, so it, it, it there was a little bit of trick photography <laughs> all there. Right, all but right. I, but however big it was, I crushed it.
1: So. <laughs> uh, having our cake and eating it too. Dan Shulman, thanks for doing it.
6: All right. See you, Tim. Thanks.
1: There is Dan Shulman at Minute Maid Park in Houston, getting set for game number one, which you can see right here on Sportsnet, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern with. Baseball Central postseason edition. Time for our final break. When we come back we'll look ahead to the Sixers and Raptors round number two. We'll get you set for that World Series game number one. It's game time and it's next right here on Tim and Friends. hope every game day starts right here on Tim and Friends with us. And it's another busy night on our network. We've got round two between the Sixers and the Raptors and Sportsnet 1. Sportsnet, it's Game 1 World Series, Phillies-Astros. And later tonight, the Vancouver Canucks look to make it two in a row. Big. As they host the Penguins. Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 1. But first, it's game time.
2: It is game time. Game time, ooh. Before we hand things off to Carolyn Cameron and the Hockey Central panel, let's focus in on the games you'll be watching tonight and get you caught up with everything you need to know. Let's begin with the Sixers and Raptors and check in with the guys who will be calling tonight's game on Sportsnet One, Matt Devlin and Alvin Williams, guys.
5: All righty, well, this is the second game of the brief two-game set between the Sixers and the Toronto Raptors. And on Wednesday night, the Raptors offensively were able to do what they wanted to do. And number one is getting out in transition now. And that's key. Anytime your half-court offense
3: is struggling, which it was not on Wednesday, trust me, getting out will get those opportunities. Just getting that and getting everybody involved. Everybody feels engaged. Everybody's passing the ball around, and then they're giving themselves opportunities. And the Raptors are Doing a great job, not only from getting turnovers, but more importantly, just pushing it with intent. Everyone can get a rebound and push the ball, and that gives people lanes to run, and that gets your outside shooting going, that gets your layups, and your overall game just gets the flowing. And then that puts so much more pressure on a defensive team like a 76ers. Yeah,
5: it's interesting listening to Doc Rivers just minutes ago. He said that Pascal Siakam controlled the game, and he was too comfortable. He was comfortable. On a Wednesday night, and he certainly did control the game because even when they limited shots and sent bodies, he was able to find others. And look at this company that he's keeping. Of course, James Harden's a part of it. Luka Doncic, Russ, LeBron, Kobe, and Larry Bird.
3: Guess what? What? That's putting work in in the summertime. Yeah. That That's not just showing up in game time and playing like that. That's preparation. That's putting the work in. That's gaining confidence, not in just yourself, your teammates. And now, guess what? The league is on notice. So now everyone has to adjust. And you hear Nick Nurse talk a lot about manipulating the game. So you give him the basketball wherever. He can score from different positions on the floor. He's finding his teammates. He's empowering his teammates. And that's what makes people MVPs. When you have that type of conversation, it's not just the stats. It's the winning and how you make the teammate and everyone else around you better. You know
5: what that is? That's putting in Rico Hines times. You know what I mean? I need some Rico Hines times. (laughs) No, you did back in the day. I know that. He he could probably get me back into the league. (laughs) (laughs) Better than that 10-day with the Clippers. Wow. Yeah, you, wow! 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 you always not a no, 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 no. No, that was a good story. I love that story. All right, we look forward. It's always good to be a friend of Tim and Jesse. You know, <laughs> I, I the Tim it. and Jesse show is to I didn't do like
1: that, I Matty you. D <laughs> I had the 10-day. I mean, that was no.
5: That was his last deal. That was his last know, deal. Was a 10-day with the Clippers.
1: I know. One of my favorite I got, Alvin I got Williams family. stories. I got fa-
5: yeah, I got family watching, and now you just <laughs> No, no, home. I didn't know I, You know I, was, I love you. I didn't tell them I was robbed from being in the Hall of Fame. And <laughs> no, you, you are in the I'm Hall of Fame. Like, you're in the Villanova <laughs> Hall of Fame, yeah. the Philly Hall of Fame, yeah. and you're in the Raptor Hall of Fame. And the Tim and Friends three Hall, of Hall of Fame. Hall of Fames. Yeah, and the Tim and, and Friends. And you're right. in the Tim and Friends. That's right. You're part yeah. of the Friends Hall of Fame, which I – have never even well you're up for induction
1: you're up for induction we're gonna Maddie. get there <laughs> okay, thank you. you're, up for induction. Uh, you're in a promo Matty thanks for doing this fellas enjoy the game tonight and we'll talk again soon all
5: right we look forward to it take care all
1: right there are the fellas Alvin Williams and Matt Devlin live from Scotiabank Arena uh, game number two between the Raptors and the Sixers now After game number one, you and I sat here and I was amazed with the game that Pascal Siakam played. And Mm -hmm. I'll explain a little bit why I was amazed. Because P.J. Tucker, knows him pretty well, Mm -hmm. uh, the game plan was early to slag. To fall off of Pascal, let him shoot shoot the three. And Pascal, like, put it a couple times in his mouth and lip. And... (laughs) They decided, all right, let's superstar him. Let's, let's throw blitzes at him. Let's double team him. And he ended up with 13 assists. So he had 15 in the first quarter. He only finished with, with 20 in the game. Mm-hmm. And he ended up with 13 assists because they decided to blitz him. And I thought the maturity of that game It's going to be real interesting to see what Doc Rivers and Philadelphia attempts to do to Pascal Siakam for this game after they tried to throw everything with the, chicken, the kitchen sink at him in game
2: one. Well, it potentially might be a real different look with Joel Embiid still questionable, last I heard, to, to play in this game. Yeah, said so was questionable. Could, you could have a completely different look, and maybe they try and speed things up a little bit to match the Raptors, because, and we've talked about it at length, just about how the Raptors play so quick and the Sixers play pretty slowly. So, yeah, I mean, if Pascal can keep... The assist numbers are what, as you said, what got me and what has been the real difference in his numbers from years past.
1: I know they just showed a board to tell you what he's doing right now, but uh, these are the only players to average 25-8-8 so far this season. It's Luka Doncic, it's James Harden, and it's Pascal Siakam. Those are jaw-dropping, and Pascal's doing uh, 28-8, excuse me, 25-8, and... Nine, so it it is rare company indeed. We'll see if he can keep it going tonight. Right here
2: on Sports Network, makes it must-see TV when Pascal's playing like this. Okay, uh, we asked uh, the friend of the show online, "Who are you rooting for to win the World Series and why?" Uh, Important context. I thought was a very cool stat. This is the biggest win disparity between two teams in the World Series since 1906. it's yeah. a 19-game difference during the regular season in terms of wins. Yeah, part of that is the wild card, so but I get it. Fascinating to <laughs> me. Uh, Jaspreet writes in and says, I'm rooting for Dusty Baker and Dusty Baker alone. The reason, it's Dusty, it's Dusty Baker. I don't blame you. I get that. Johnny says the Phillies because they had Doc and because of 2017. All right, JJ Bennett writes in the Phillies because <laughs> we have to cheer for our future prime minister. That goes back Rob to our, our Twitter account. Yeah, without a go. doubt. Paying attention, is JJ uh, Gregory writes in and says, "I'm rooting for an asteroid, not the Astros, <laughs> and definitely not any team from Philly." Yeah, this is tough for many. I'll tell you that much. The final one: uh, trash cans worldwide are rooting for the Phillies. Like, there's, there's gonna be. This is a lot of people are not over the cheating scandal.
1: I was There's asking not. I was asking earlier in our group what are you going to watch tonight if you only have the one TV and many people don't they got the tablet and they got everything else wouldn't yeah. yeah Astros Phillies game one of the World Series or Raptors Sixers and I think because of I mean maybe Rob Thompson and some likability here in Canada but these are two very unlikable teams. There's no question. It's Philly. Yeah, <laughs> it's Philadelphia. And Bryce Harper hasn't exactly been embraced by
2: the baseball world, though he's making an impression this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he's having a very good postseason, but clown question, bro. I think there's still a lot of fans that think about that, especially here in Canada. All right, that does it for us. Enjoy the games tonight. Have yourself a great weekend.
1: We'll be back here on Monday. But before we go, here's a look back at the week that was right here on Tim and Friends because it's Friday. Then. It's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday, what?
0: It's Friday then, it's Friday, Sunday, what? It's
1: Friday,
2: let it's Friday, Yeah. Timmy, Friends,
1: full two-hour show. Rubinoff. This is Tim and Friends with me, Timothy, and the one and only Jesse Rubinoff is back. Uh, coffee mix coughs a lot over there. How the hell are you feeling? And did I give you COVID? You did sneeze once though. Ah! We gotta stop making out. I mean, let's just be yeah, honest. Basically, yeah, basically,
2: basically. I'm doing a kiss.
1: No, I'm not gonna kiss. Just gonna lean in for a nice solid hug, right? Just, uh, I know what you're, go- why are they playing the porn news? Uh, COVID the ball, Jesse and I, the defender.
2: <laughs> Very good, you should come up with that right now. <laughs> that's
1: impressive. What do you mean? that's impressive? That's what I do for a living. <laughs> that's true. I knew all along that if there was an Iron Man in the NHL, it was Phil
2: Castle. <laughs> good one, Randy, uh, good one. Phil Castle being the NHL's Iron Man is like Steve Buscemi being named the sexiest man alive. Have you seen the suit and shoes Stewie? And <laughs> now there's Matt Sundine too. Oh,
1: is there Matt Sundin yeah. on the side? Like or... a young
4: Wolf-Yoken Phoenix and The Joker. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you should have saw me in the bathroom going mad earlier, too. <laughs> what? 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 It's
1: time to poop or get off the pot. A little fava beans and a nice
2: canteen. And I went What do you mean you can't roll your arms? Rouge. <laughs> can't do it. Never been able to. What is it? Is that like surprising? People can, Some people can't roll their eyes.
6: Enjoy the r- 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 Raptors
2: tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at Smitty <laughs> showing off rolling his eyes here. You asked
6: me if Deanne Bibo would be playing on the keys, and you know what? I won up to you. I have Deanne Bibo here with me. What? Are in.
1: you kidding me?
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, hey. no
1: way. Hey,
5: hi, everyone.
1: This is a thrill of a lifetime for me, so okay. I anything that Let's you would do that. play. If you play Dr. Dre, I'm in. Elliot, where
4: the hell is he? Are you Elliot? in a coal mine, Elliot? Well, is there any chance if you could go stand under that street lamp behind <laughs> you?
1: As my wife always says, the less light on you, the better you look.
4: <laughs> mine says that too.
1: <laughs> this is the magic of television in 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. What?